Hey everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Praxis Podcast. It's been a while since I've posted a new episode because I've been keeping myself very busy working on some really cool projects, including a video for Vital Plan, which is a health and wellness company, a video for Fusion 3, which is a 3D printing company, a branding identity for an antique firearms dealer, really cool and random project, and the branding and marketing materials for this year's Art Explosure Festival, which is Raleigh's art festival held in downtown Raleigh near the end of May which, by the way, is hosting some amazing bands, so you should attend because it's going to be amazing. And I'm not just saying this because I designed all of the graphics. In some of the recent episodes, we've been talking about the design thinking process, which is a step-by-step -step process for solving problems. This process can be applied to any kind of problem that you're trying to solve, and today we're going to jump right back into it. Just to bring you up to speed and recap quickly where we've been so far, the first step of the process is empathy, putting yourself in the shoes of the people you're solving the problem for. This is usually your customer. The second step of the process is define, defining the problem and redefining it so that you have the largest number of possible options for success. The example I like to give of this step is redefining your problem to be, I need to cross this river instead of, I need to cross this bridge. By simply redefining the problem, you suddenly have a dozen additional options for accomplishing what you're really trying to do. The third step of the design thinking process, the one we're going to talk about today, is ideate, coming up with ideas. We talked about this a little bit in episode two of this podcast, where we go through the divergent and convergent phases of this step. If you're really interested in this subject, definitely listen to episode two in addition to this episode. However, there's a lot more to the story. A lot of people might think there isn't much of a strategy or technique you can do to optimize this step of the process. While it's true that this step of the process can seem nebulous, there are very specific things you can do to optimize the ideation process to increase the number of good ideas that you have. I'm going to talk about three of these methods or techniques. First, the environment. Second, reversal of assumptions. And third, unrelated concepts. First, the environment. The environment is a crucial but often overlooked aspect in brainstorming. It's important to put yourself in a place where you come up with good ideas. It works differently for different people, but often things like energetic music and lots of natural light help with getting your creative ideas flowing. In addition to this, whenever you're focusing on ideation and brainstorming, you want to set a time limit and a goal for the number of ideas you want to develop. When I've led design thinking workshops in the past, we've set the goal of coming up with 20 ideas in 10 minutes. Now, this might seem crazy, but forcing yourself through that intense period of focus helps you to remove self-censorship and tap into ideas because you don't have time to think about anything else. The second technique for optimizing the ideation process is the reversal of assumptions. We all have assumptions about the way our business or our project should work. These assumptions can be anything, even something as simple and obvious as customers must pay for my product can lead to unique ideation. Once you have your basic assumption about your business, take that and reverse it. If you take the basic assumption of customers must pay for my product, then we would change that to customers will not pay for my product. So that leaves us in a tough spot, right? Well, 
Keep in mind that just because a customer will not pay for your product doesn't mean that you can't charge them. So now we have to put your reversed assumption through a reality filter. How would this work in real life? Instead of paying for a product, maybe you charge your customer a monthly fee to have access to your product. Maybe you charge per use and not per product. Maybe you rent your product so the customers aren't buying it, but instead they're paying to use it for a period of time. Questions like this are the way that we got innovations like Netflix, questioning the basic assumption that viewers need to pay each time they view a movie or every time they buy a movie led to Reed Hastings developing the idea of a monthly subscription to a catalog of films and TV shows. This also leads to our third technique, combining unrelated concepts. Netflix was founded when Reed Hastings was hit with a $40 fee for returning a video rental late. After this happened, he was at the gym and started thinking, why can't I pay for movies the same way I pay for a gym membership? At that point, the idea for Netflix was born. You can develop ideas in the exact same way. Try combining your product, your business model, your customer base, or business strategy with something completely unrelated and see where it takes you. If you really get stretched for finding something unrelated to combine your project with, Open an encyclopedia and force yourself to come up with a way to combine your project with five different unrelated entries. These three techniques should give you a good start in the ideation step of the design thinking process. Combined with the divergent and convergent methods I described in episode two, you should have everything you need to move on to the next step of the process. If you have other techniques or methods that you use to brainstorm and ideate, I'd love to hear about them. Send me an email at nicholas at praxis-story.com. Thanks for listening to the Praxis Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys soon.